We're taking your calls right now at 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online tonight. I like the way this man thinks. Now, from the craziest city on the planet, this is Online Tonight, on the air toll-free at 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. And now, the host of Online Tonight, Max. I am Max. Welcome to Online Tonight, where we talk about the latest in tech, pop culture, and more. And I was just handed some Girl Scout cookies, so I am uh, trying to get those down before I get started doing the show. I love these things. Went by the big box store, you know, the one with the big yellowy star, and there was a bunch out there, and decided to grab some. So maybe we'll talk about cookies. Maybe we'll talk about 3D printers or uh, the new Tesla Cybertruck or whatever it is that you're interested in. Would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 1-800-39-ONLINE, one 800 3966546 best way to reach us uh that way we can have a conversation if you want a one way interaction because we're not going to respond you can try our text and our email text is 951-395-1017 951-395-1017 email show at onlinetonight.com s s h o w at onlinetonight.com This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers, so you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? Thank you, not Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I will have another mint cookie. Greatly appreciate it. The phone lines are open. one 800 online Victoria is taking your calls, going through your emails and your texts. Let's jump into a little bit of news. Of course, we're going to talk about Apple news. Uh, have you ever gotten your iPhone wet? Have you dropped it in a puddle? Have you accidentally taken it to, into the shower, into the bath? Have you dropped it in a puddle during the rain, especially what's going on on the East Coast and the West Coast? Well, there's always been this kind of myth where you put it in a baggie with dry rice and it's supposed to, uh, you know, extract all the water out of there. Apple is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. The tech giant says that its uh, its support site says that you should absolutely not put your iPhone into a bag of rice. And the reason for that is... One, it can scratch the glass. And two, not all the pieces of rice are the same size. Have you ever, uh, you know, got to the bottom of your bag of rice or box of rice and there's like powder? There's little tiny bits. They're not full-size grains. And Apple is saying those little particles can damage your phone. And they will not help you out when you do something like that. In some cases, it's worse than having water damage and then taking it to the Apple store and asking them to repair it, and they pop it open, and there's a bunch of rice dust inside of it. They, they, they definitely know something's not right. 
And so they're warning you, don't, don't do that. You know, it's better just to come in and say, I dropped it in the huddle or in the potty or whatever. They do have a couple tips. Here are a couple tips. I don't know if these come from Apple specifically, but some of the tips said that if you get a liquid detection alert on your phone, you want to immediately unplug the cable, whether it's the lightning cable or the USB-C cable. You want to unplug that. Uh, You don't want to plug it in again until your iPhone and the cable are completely dry. I don't know why the cable would be wet, but I get you. You want to remove any excess liquid and dry out your phone by gently tapping the face uh, area with with the connector facing down. And just tap it, and hopefully the moisture will... Gravity, you know, gravity is your friend sometimes. Gravity can help get the water out. And gravity can help you crack your screen so you need a new one. So gravity's there for you sometimes and not for other times. And if you see the alert, you want to leave your phone in an upright area, uh, upright, so that the uh, connector is facing down. Put it in a dry area that has a reasonable amount of airflow. You might even point a fan at it. And then let power it down. And then you want to let it sit for a day or two. And hopefully then... Uh, you'll be able to use it and charge it up again. But if the damage is so bad, you're going to need to get a new phone. Apple is confirming that iOS 17.4 removes home screen web apps. And this is part of the European Union's uh, bill that was passed over there recently. The um, What is the name of this bill? I always forget. The Digital Markets Act. And so what happens is when you create a web app on your home screen, well, that's going to use WebKit. And part of this whole thing that the EU is doing is that Apple can't control uh, your experience so much that other web browsers can't be there. And Apple could be accused of, of unfair competition or whatever by allowing these web apps to be on your home screen. So now you are going to have to rely on bookmarks. So instead of just having a convenient icon on your home screen to check your lotto, check your stocks, get the news that you want, you're going to actually have to go to the browser of your choice, hopefully have a bookmark, open that up, and then you'll be able to read your content. That You're now being slightly inconvenienced because of a government mandate. So there you go. Apple has in, we'll have more video game news here shortly on the show today, Uh, but Apple has given back Epic Games their developer account. Epic Games is planning to launch a new digital store and a new version of Fortnite on iOS later this year. And as part of that, Apple has returned their developer account and will now start approving and reviewing the apps that Epic wants to uh, offer. You may know that back in 2020, Apple canceled Epic's developer account, uh, partly because you could buy things inside of the game and it wasn't going through Apple's payment options. So they weren't getting their, Apple wasn't getting their 30%. They were kind of bypassing the, you know, the money trail. And so then they got into a legal battle. And Apple said, uh, well, 
until we figure all this out, you're not going to sell anything on iOS. They pulled Fortnite. They pulled a bunch of Epic Games. They removed their developer account. And so now because of the EU's Digital Marketing Markets Act, or DMA, they are uh, now forced to open up the iOS ecosystem to third-party app stores and payment uh, systems. And Epic Games has now uh, been uh, reinstated on the Apple developer account area. So they're, they're pleased as punch about that. And uh, according to a spokesperson over at Epic, I believe his name is um, Sweeney. I'm not sure exactly who it is, but here's a quote. Tim Sweeney. I'll be the first to acknowledge a good faith move by Apple amidst our cataclysmic antitrust battle and granting Epic Games Sweden AB a developer account for operating Epic Game Store and Fortnite in Europe under the DMA. So there you go. If you're a Fortnite fan uh, and you're in Europe, you can look forward to that. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do here in the States. Not that I played a lot of Fortnite in the past, but I'm, I'm always interested in seeing what's, what's around. There's several epic games that I have enjoyed before. Uh, just a, kind of an aside... There are games on Apple, even in Apple Arcade and, and uh, in the iOS store, that use Unreal Engine, which is uh, Epic's game engine. So they didn't ban that per se, but they weren't allowing Epic to sell things directly. If you are a fan of the iPad Pro, there's a rumor that the new OLED uh, iPad's will have some price hikes that will not be as extreme as expected. So Apple price increases for the upcoming iPad Pro models with OLED could be up to $160, but they initially said that those prices could be even higher. So Apple's current 11-inch iPad Pro starts at $799, uh, and that's with the mini LEDs, and so they're expecting the uh, 11-inch OLED iPad Pros to to uh, sell for $1,500. Is this something that you're interested in? Are you a big iPad user or are there other tablets that you use? Let me know. Stay tuned. All right, this is this hour's Geek Speak, where we take a tech term and turn it into plain English right before your very ears and eyes, depending on if you're watching or not. This hour's Geek Speak is Clan, C-L-A-N. This portion of the show is brought to you by Anchor. I use other Anchor products like their dongles and their hubs, but I didn't realize that they are the world's number one mobile charging brand with over 200 million products sold worldwide. They've been a pioneer in the charging technology field for over 10 years. I'm very interested in the Powerhouse 767. Think of it as a giant battery-operated generator. It has 13 charging ports and outlets. So some of them are AC ports, some of them are USB ports, both USB 2 and USB-C. USB-C. Yeah, got that. Uh, It's great for RVs, outdoor recreation, home backup. 
You can find all the amazing Anchor products at OLTTV.com slash A-N-K-E-R. That's OLTTV.com slash A-N-K-E-R. Now, clan. If you're into video games, then you'll know what a clan is. It is an organized group of players that regularly play together in one or more multiplayer games. Many clans take part in, part in gaming competitions, but some clans are just a bunch of buddies getting together, small squads, so to speak, of friends. Many clans exist, have been online for a long time, uh, and there's almost one a clan for every game. So, especially first shooter games, massively multiplayer games, role-playing games, strategy games. And some of the clans have gotten so big and so good and so popular that they have multi-million dollar professional esports teams that have been put together. Uh, that's this hour's Geek Speak clan. Trying to figure out where the turkey bacon is on this pig? This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right, we have a question from a listener. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? I can read it. All right, go ahead. This email comes from Ben in Boston. No last name. I'm not going to say if it's our Duncan guy or not. Um, I'm currently paying 10 bucks a month for two terabytes in iCloud Plus using for my home-based graphics business and shared with my family. Okay, so he's not an actor. I've never had any issues with it, but I'm now curious about Google One and the Gemini Premium Package. You talk a lot about AI on your show. For the same amount of storage, it would cost me double, but do you think it would be worth it to have access to the Gemini tools? All right, Ben, thanks. Good question. Uh, it would be great if you called 1-800-39-ONLINE. We could have a conversation uh, and we could ask some follow-up questions. But based on what I am seeing from you, you have the iCloud Plus with two terabytes. You're currently paying, I'm assuming you're in the U.S. because you said you're from Boston. You are paying nine ninety nine a month. Um, just FYI for me, two terabytes is not enough. I would be looking at the $30 a month plan for six terabytes, and I'm outgrowing that even. I would probably have to move to the 12 terabyte plan at $59.99. Still not a bad value. <clears throat> Google has uh, their free plan is 15 gigs. They have like f- four paid plans. So they have the basic plan at $2 for 100 gig, the standard plan for $3 for 200 gig, the premium plan for $10. Uh, for two terabytes, and then the AI Premium, which is $20 a month, it's $10 extra, for two terabytes. And so this is where Google loses me because uh, I, need a, I need a tier bigger. And I am interested in their AI Premium product, but the question is, is it going to fit your needs? Do you use a lot of, of Google's features? Because the uh, AI plan is really good with Google Workspace Premium Features, Gemini Advanced, and then, of course, you're going to get Gemini looking at all your Gmail, your Docs, your sliders, your meetups, and all those things, so it will be able, it'll be available to you in those areas. But if you're just looking for storage, then you may not necessarily need the AI uh, assistance because there's other ways to get Google's Gemini service. There's an app. Uh, you can use the browser. 
So you don't necessarily have to tie it to storage. And that's kind of where I would have questions for you. And that is where are you going to use AI? Are you using, uh, I'm assuming you're in the Apple ecosystem if you're on iCloud Plus. And what happens when you outgrow the two terabytes? Because right now I'm not seeing the growth uh, on the Google plan, the Google One plans. And so that uh, for me is the showstopper. And, you know, hopefully they'll, They'll get that fixed sometime soon. That would be that would be fantastic. I want to go back just a minute to a couple quick uh, Apple newses uh, before I forget. There is uh, we were talking about the iPads. There's a rumor that the sixth gen model is going to be coming out at uh, as a 10.9 inch and a 12.9 inch iPad Air. Uh, hopefully, will be sometime. It'll either be announced at the Worldwide Developer Conference. And um, when is that? June, I think. Uh, the last time the, the iPad Air, almost said iPod, <laughs> the iPad Air was updated was March of 2022. So it's been almost two years. And uh, if you look at, you know, their history, uh, they could make an announcement, just a press release in the spring and say, hey, here you go. Or they may hold it, depending on what other kind of announcements they're going to have between now and the Worldwide Developer Conference, they might just hold on to that and uh, share it then. We never know when Apple's going to release anything. So, you know, they're pretty good about hiding that information. Something that we definitely know about and when those things are going to be available are DVDs. And uh, I just wanted to share with you the DVDs that came out last week. If you um, are tired of of streaming, or you are concerned about the uh, censorship and editing that is going on, or the loss. We've reported previously that Sony, with a dispute with one of the content owners, uh, started pulling TV shows and things like that. So there's there's a, still an increased interest in owning physical copies of your media, whether it's CDs for music, or DVDs and Blu-rays, or 4K for your uh, movies. I, I have all, also always wondered, when I have a 4K stream going to my 4K TV, am I actually getting 4K? Because if I look at the bitrate on my Blu-ray player, there's and I then look at my network traffic, there's no way they're equal. So I don't think I'm actually getting 4K, even if I think I'm pay, paying for it. So very quickly, the Marvels are now available on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. A 1984 movie called Footloose is now available on 4K. And then a movie that I made Miss Victoria watch recently starring, um, gosh, what is that guy's name? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. He says no words the entire movie. It's kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's. It's from 2021. It was not very well marketed. But now you can see the 4K goriness of that film. By getting the 4K release of Willy's Wonderland, clearly rated R. What are your favorite ways to uh, enjoy media? Let us know. Stay tuned.
looking around for the phone number, it's 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online tonight. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. Please. If redness, swelling, or irritation occurs, increase your listening time by one hour per day. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. Thank you so much for including me in your week. I greatly appreciate it. 24 minutes before the hour, I am Max, and the name of the show is Online Tonight. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers. So you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint right the phone lines are open. Miss Victoria is ready to take your calls, your emails, your text. Our phone number, 1-800-39-ONLINE. Text 951-395-1017. And email show at onlinetonight.com. Uh, Sony is saying that the PS5 is nearing its end of life. This comes from IGN Daily. Uh, the senior VP over there at Sony, uh, Naomi Matsu. Suoka, hopefully I didn't slaughter that too much, uh, said in that the company is expecting sales of the PS5 to begin to slow down, uh, which towards the start of the next fiscal year, which is April of 2025 for them. And if we look at the PlayStation 4 life cycle, that was from 2013 to 2020. So if that holds up, and the timelines are similar, then the PS6 should arrive sometime in 2027, if my math is right. And so that uh, we're starting to begin the latter stages of the PS5 lifestyle, as our life cycle. As part of the uh, comments that also came out of that meeting, apparently, uh, Sony has admitted that they will not have a lot of first-party titles uh, for the PS5 this year. And you may say, well, what does that mean? A first-party title is something that Sony themselves pay to have created, like Marvel Spider-Man 2. I mean, Sony was well behind that. They used their own developers. They used their own money uh, and things like that. But it does look like we're still going to have a good third-party third offerings this year uh, and next year that will be targeting the PS5. So... That's all That's all good news if you are in the PS5 ecosystem. I think I had mentioned recently that the Nintendo Switch 2 was going to be coming out sometime in late 2024. Uh, but they just said that it's, mm, it's uh, arriving later than expected. It's not going to be now until early-ish 2025. So according to uh, multiple reports from Eurogamer and Bloomberg, Nintendo has been telling game publishers that the Switch 2 was originally supposed to be out by the end of the year, hopefully in time for Christmas. 
And that development has now slipped to past March of 2025. So that's unfortunate. Uh, for those people who love the switches, uh, you're going to still get, you know, the, the switch that you have now. And again, the thing I like about the switch is that you can take it on the train, the plane, the automobile. And then when you get home, you can dock it and you can play it on your big screen. Uh, so that's, that was well done. I thought that was really good. I, I don't think I could do that with my PSP, my Sony uh, handheld PlayStation. And, you know, sometimes those little tiny screens are not as much fun. I mean, of course, they're fun when you're on a train, plane, or automobile, but when you're at home and you have access to a big screen, you want, you want, to, play, you want to play it there, right? Uh, Nintendo's very excited because they recently sold just under 140 million units. So they're, they're primed and ready to go there, and they think that when... Princess Peach Showtime comes out in March. I believe it's March 22nd. And Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, that it will help definitely propel them into and past the 140 million units sold area. Microsoft, of course, is also in the video game business. And they hinted a little bit that uh, they might be entertaining a handheld. Uh, They also talked a little bit about some of the Xbox changes that might be coming shortly, and that is they will be, uh, I I don't know if they're coming out with a slim, like Sony just came out with a slim, but they are, they are uh, kind of trying to keep you distracted maybe from, from those types of things. And I was trying to find you some more information on the handheld here. Let me see if I can, if I can find it. Uh, a quote from one of the Xbox blogs posted earlier this week that said, uh, quote, We see a lot of opportunity in different types of devices and we'll share specifics on our future hardware plans as soon as we are ready. And uh, because of where that was posted and the timing it sure seemed like they were implying, possibly implying, uh, that they like those. Because if you look back, the Microsoft Gaming CEO, his name is Phil Spencer. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity a long time ago to, to, to uh, sit down with the, the gaming CEO, at Jay Allard, at E3 some years back. That was a great conversation. I would love to sit down with... Uh, Mr. Spencer sometime soon, but he was recently quoted not too long ago as saying, I'm a big fan of handhelds. I'm a big fan, but, you know, we have nothing to announce right now. Uh, His quote continues as saying, one of the weak points in the experience on a ROG or the Lenovo, as an example, is how Windows works uh, with the controller inputs, and and it's it's a much smaller screen, so the experience may not be as great as as uh, everybody might hope, but Microsoft is definitely looking at that space, and the person who is running the group is excited about handhelds in general. He he uh, he talked about some of the handhelds that he has used and played with before, and you know he's a he's a fan, as that uh, that quote said. Not all news in video games is good. 
Activision was recently hit with a $100 million lawsuit from some gamers, maybe a clan, uh, regarding their control over Call of Duty tournaments. So according to the lawsuit, uh, teams must pay a $27 million entry fee to compete in tournaments, giving Activision half their revenue from ticket sales and sponsorships. And the uh, gaming giant has exclusive rights to the contracts with, of course, the bigger sponsors and the broadcasters. And apparently some of the professional gamers... Uh, filed a lawsuit in a California court on Thursday alleging that the game giant violates antitrust laws by preventing would-be competitors from entering the market and co- coercing players and team owners into acquiescing. I always love that word, acquiescing, uh, ex- extra extort, extortionate financial terms is the quote. Extortionate? Is that even a real word? I know, I know what it is to extort something or, you know, like somebody extorted money from a company. But is extortion – let me get my English major here. Miss Victoria? I don't know. Extortionate? <laughs> I've never heard it in that form before. All right. Okay. Well, you know, maybe it's going to be the new word for next year uh, for the dictionary. I know they put in some crazy words recently and we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens there. Uh, just very quickly, we talked about video games and what's coming to Sony and what's coming to places like that. Today being the 18th, let's see what you can expect coming up this week. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate will be available on PC, PS4, PS5, the Xbox SX, etc. The Xbox One that comes out on the 20th. Nightingale for the PC comes out on the 20th. Last... Uh, Epoch, is that how you say that? It comes out on the 21st. And then Splatoon 3, side order for the Switch, comes out on the 22nd. And last but not least that I'll share with you today is Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons remake will come out on the 28th. And we'll, uh, we'll revisit this again probably next week because I love to uh, see what the new games are. What games are you looking forward to? Let me know. Stay tuned. The bookmark this site for this hour is www.cryonceaweek.com. Cryonceaweek.com. This week, where they are, we're focusing, we as the show, online tonight, a couple mental health uh, breaks. Uh, studies show that if you have a quick cry, it can benefit you for a whole week. This website makes it very easy by showing you something sad. Uh, usually from a movie, and uh, it should move you to tears. And in, in this case, it's a good thing, and you can do it in private. Miss Victoria said she tried it out. What did you uh, What did you find? It showed me a clip from A Dog's Purpose, uh, the scene where Bailey dies the first time. It, it worked. Oh, yeah? You cried? Yeah. 
When you first saw the movie, obviously, there was a lot of crying in that movie. Yes. Uh, have you seen any of the other clips yet? I have not. All right. Well, if you would like to check it out and have a good cry, that's cryonceaweek.com. That's this hour's bookmark. This brought to you by Southwest Airlines. Southwest offers flights to over 100 destinations in 42 states, plus Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, Central America. Find out more about all the destinations you could include in your next vacation at olttv.com slash SWA. That's olttv.com slash SWA. Genetically modifying turkeys so they have five drumsticks. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. Don't forget, you can give us a call, 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. We also take your text and your emails. I did get a instant message or a text from Erica in Wisconsin. Thank you, Erica. Uh, yesterday's show, I talked about the wonderful news that Disney shared from Deadpool breaking Spider-Man's record and... Erica wanted to know if I was talking about Deadpool 3. And absolutely, I assumed that everyone knew that it was Deadpool 3. And I want to make that clear. The uh, record was broken in 24 hours with over 360-something million views for the trailer of Deadpool 3. So thank you, Erica, for that. I'm happy to clarify, and I'm, I'm glad that you were listening enough to notice that I missed the three and i'm a big deadpool fan so i'm definitely looking forward to it we've had a lot of rain here in in california as you've probably seen on the news and all over the country and something else that which is new to us we you know in southern california specifically we get about six inches of of rain a year and we've had lots and lots of rain over the last few weeks Something else that's new in California and other places in the country are the Tesla Cybertrucks. And after the rain and after them getting wet, people have been noticing that it looks like the car is rusting or the truck is rusting. Well, Tesla wants you to know that it's not really a problem. What it is, it is uh, microscopic iron dust that is part of the manufacturing process that seems to be sticking to the body of the of the uh, cyber truck, and then you can uh, you can rub it off. You can get it off of there. So the stainless steel that is the body is is not, it doesn't rust. Stainless steel doesn't rust. Iron and regular steel rust. And what you're seeing with these little rust spots are a, a byproduct of the manufacturing process. Now, what makes the, the Cybertruck different than, say, the 1980s DeLorean? When the DeLorean left the factory out of Ireland, Cork, Ireland, that stainless steel was untreated. It had a light coat of oil on it. Uh, it was untreated. It didn't have any kind of paint. It didn't have any kind of top coat. Tesla, in their wisdom, decided to put a top coat on top of this uh, stainless steel unnecessarily, I think, in some cases. And that's where the iron is getting trapped is in this top coat, which means you can't just take a regular uh, uh, stainless steel 
wool, like it could buff out the small scratches in a DeLorean, you're now going to be scratching into the top coat. And so you want to be you want to be careful not to treat it like a DeLorean. It's may it might be made out of the same material underneath, but Tesla has put a top coat on top of it. So if you try to scratch those little rust spots out, um, which again are not on the stainless steel body, they're just embedded in the top coat. You're going to have a little bit of top coat damage. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, and if you really need help. You can always uh, ask your Tesla service rep the best way, and maybe they can uh, they can give you a, a quick repair kit or top coat spray or something like that, or tell you what top coat they're using, and then you can grab it from the automotive store if that's something that you want. Uh, the best I got a tip from an auto body person when I was talking about this um, earlier today. Uh, he said that if you use wet sandpaper and use like 800 or higher grit, so the very fine stuff, and just get that spot out, then you can just use, you know, one of the automotive uh, Duplo or I'm not sponsoring any particular brand here, uh, somebody's top coat to just, you know, give yourself a little edge if you feel that the car even needs that protection. Um, the original DeLoreans did not have that. So there you go. There's all this talk about getting rid of gas cars and the, you know, the EPA in California is very strict about it. Apparently the federal EPA is, uh, you know, starting to push, 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 push to get all of these gas cars off the road. And so we've had some alternatives. Obviously we have the Tesla and that is a pure electric car and we've had other, other, uh, other brands and then we had the kind of neat thing. I think it came from Honda or Toyota. Yeah, it came from Toyota. It was called the the Miria, M-I-R-A-I. Miss Victoria, how would you say it? Mirai. Mirai. Okay. Oh, like Mariah. Okay. So the Toyota Mirai is a hydrogen-based fuel cell, and you have to go to a, a place where you can fill up your car with hydrogen well it's now gotten harder because shell one of the large uh, nationwide companies that were uh working with toyota to make that happen has said that uh, they're going to start closing stations and so if you rely on a hydrogen car you're going to find it a little bit harder to find a place to fill up your car so now i have even more things to worry about with these alternative vehicles one i got serious range anxiety You know, some of the cars are shutting down randomly, and now I'm not going to be able to fill it up. Stay tuned. Online Tonight is produced and copyrighted by Smart Family Media. All rights reserved. Host, Maxwell Smart. Producer and other hats worn by Victoria Smart. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host, guest, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, affiliates, or other advertisers.
We're on the air live tonight, 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546 is the number. Online tonight. I don't know who's writing your material, but it's very VH1. Now, from the craziest city on the planet, this is Online Tonight, on the air toll-free at 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. And now, the host of Online Tonight, Max. All right, I am Max. Welcome to Online Tonight, where we talk about the latest in tech, pop culture, and more. Uh, We're going to hit a lot of food this hour. Uh, if you missed any portion of the last hour, don't forget you can head over to OnlineTonight.com where we put up the audio for each and every hour plus the show notes. Uh, so if you're interested in Ben's question or what we talked about last hour, definitely go over there and check it out. We would love to hear from you this hour. Take your tech questions or anything that's pop culture or if uh, I bring up a topic and it's something that you want to chime in about, best way to do that is through our toll-free telephone number. 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. Best way to have a conversation. You can also text and email us. That's a one-way thing. We probably won't respond, and you'll have to listen to see if we uh, get to your email during the show. Uh, If you want immediate assistance, the phone number is the best way. But if you want to text, 951-395-1017. Again, that number, 951 395-1017, our email address, show at onlinetonight.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers, so you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at olttv.com slash mint. That's O-L-T tv.com slash mint i don't have to spell mint right victoria's here wait ready and waiting for your calls your texts and your emails 1-800-39 online let's get into a little bit of food tech uh while we wait Uh, if you are a gardener you may have noticed that you have a lot of trouble getting some of the seeds of the same types of things that are in your grocery store some of you may want them Some of you may not want them. Well, gardeners, home gardeners may be excited. I'll tell you I am not. Uh, But home gardeners may be excited about a new purple tomato that has been genetically modified for, for two reasons. One, for color. And the second is for um, bugs, right? So disease-fighting tomatoes and also... uh, uh, you know, bugs. I don't know if you've ever experienced a tomato bug, but they're they're not very nice. And there's even these little leaf mites that will eat your uh, tomato plants. Can you tell we have tomato plants? Uh, at least at, at my house, we have tomato plants, not here in the studio, because that would drive me nuts. Because there's almost always some kind of bug on there. But what makes it purple? Well, they have combined the Snapdragon flower with the tomato and apparently leading scientists behind the tomato 
is somebody named Kathy Martin, who's a biochemist and is from the University of Cambridge. About 20 years ago, uh, she wanted to create this tomato using DNA from other unrelated organisms. And to, she got the purple from the snapdragon, which is, I don't know if you know this, it's an edible flower. You can, you can eat it. But it was also to develop a tomato that has high levels of something called anthocyanins, which is a, which is a similar compound in uh, blueberries, blackberries, eggplant, things like that. And it, that chemical has been shown to be an anti-cancer and anti-inflammatory uh, property. It has those properties. It's a, what are the antioxidant, I guess. And so, you know, maybe it would be something that you're interested in. I am not a fan of GMOs. I, I look at the packages and it'll say this snack was used with genetically modified ingredients. And I, I don't know. I don't know that I want that. I already worry enough about pesticides when I go to the farmer's market. And I, not that I'm overly paranoid because I eat Nutter Butters and Doritos and I drink soda and, and things like that, but I, I'm cutting down on things and preservatives. Like I love Reese's peanut butter cups, but they have BHT in them or whatever. And so I don't, uh, I don't want to put too much of that in my body. And I'm not really sure what the long-term effects of, of these GMO type plants and seeds are. And, uh, I mean, if it helps fight cancer, then, you know, I might be interested in it, but I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. You know, I'm a little cautious when it comes to some of the things I put in my body. Not other things, but some things. More scientists are growing more weird things. And I want to get Miss Victoria's feedback on this one. Uh, scientists are growing a meaty rice hybrid to help with protein. Uh, rice is primarily a carb. There's not a lot of uh nutritional value in it. I don't believe it has any protein in it to start. And apparently scientists have decided to create these grains of rice that are, they seem puffier, right? They're like coated in fish gelatin. And then they have these beef cells jammed into it. And then after, huh? I said, ew. Yeah. And it, then, and then, like after ten, ten or fifteen days, they get this, this thing out of a petri dish, and they're calling it meaty rice. Would you eat this? I don't think it's designed for for consumers who would go to a store and buy it. It says that it's for famine relief, military rations, and space food. This is not something that they're going to be able to make sound pretty to people. Um, so. I mean, I wouldn't try it until it became a little more mainstream, if at all, because they don't sound, make it sound fun to eat. It's packed with beef muscle and fat cells. Those are not things I normally eat. Mm-hmm. It's grown in a lab, and it's coated with fish gelatin. And, yeah. you know, I like my meat and rice kind of stir-fried together, maybe, or meat on top of rice. So, But you want real me. meat, right? This yeah. is like... This is uh, science-grown meat. Yeah. So who knows what it really is? The the other uh, I had a, a, another question for you, which is you don't like, um, uh, man. What you had said? Oh, you mentioned space, right? Mm-hmm. 
well, what happened to the days of Tang and applesauce and and ice cream? You know, freeze dried ice cream. Yeah, I mean, why would I? Would not what? If you were an astronaut up there in the space, would you really want to have uh, meaty rice? I don't know. I and I I again, I'm not sure about the because there's no really long term testing. Like what? What if we find out in 50 years that this lab grown meat is just really bad for you? Yeah. I mean, didn't we used to have? Didn't we used to prescribe pregnant women like a drug, and then they said, "Oh, oops." This is bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then same with acne medicine and all kinds of things. It takes years and years and years to figure out if these things are something that you would want. And for me right now, uh, it's not. If you're going to find something like this, you're going to find it at the health food store. And this was the question I had for you, Miss Victoria. Mm -hmm. I can now find crickets at the health food store and cricket flour at the health food store. Are you buying those things? I haven't yet. Would oh, you like no. me to? <laughs> That's just. I think they're expensive, which is one of the reasons I wouldn't buy them. Well, I'm try it sometime. Thank you very much. I'm surprised to see how much uh, tech is still going on in foods, and a lot of these kind of uh, this research and and development is always with kind of how is it going to improve the world and how can we make money off of it, right? And so. Uh, VC funders are definitely involved in a lot of food tech, and VC funding has really declined over the last uh, three, four, five months, uh, a lot fewer deals. There were over 205 deals worth about $2 billion in uh, the last quarter of 2023, and they are now really being a little more picky about the things they invest in. I guess they had a lot of people saying, you know, we're going to we're going to create this crop or we're going to be able to do this food tech and we're going to be able to feed lots and lots of people. But there's a lot to that. There's distribution. There's what's the long term health effects of these things. And so the VCs are really kind of looking at it now a little bit closer to say, is this really where we want to spend our money versus maybe AI or something else? like that. Tell us, would you eat some of these things? What do you eat that's weird? Stay tuned. All right. This hour's Geek Speak. Well, first of all, somebody should take away these Girl Scout cookies from me because I'm going to eat this entire box if we uh, if they continue to sit here. So probably should should come and take them or there won't be any left for anybody else. This hour's Geek Speak phrase is RPG. And I'll get back to that in just a moment. It's brought to you by Paramount Plus, your favorite Nickelodeon shows, all the Star Trek series and the Transformer movies. And Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming at Paramount+. Plus. Find out all they have to offer at OLTTV.com slash stream. That's OLTTV.com slash S-T-R-E-A-M. Now, RPG or role-playing game 
is a video game where you use a lot of the same mechanics, terminology, and settings as a tabletop game like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, players control one or more characters and achieve victory by completing quests or reaching the end of the main storyline. Players can explore the world. They can check it out. They can engage in combat or sometimes there's mini puzzles. Uh, characters grow in power and abilities and are typically designed uh, by the player. So they can, you know, in some cases you can buy uh, armor or you can buy different weapons or you can, you know, exchange any of the treasure that you find for some power-ups or some power, things like that. RPGs don't usually rely on a player's physical coordination or reaction time unless they are uh, action-based role-playing games. Some of the shoot-up ones obviously take a lot of coordination. Uh, that's this hour's Geek Speak RPG. This show looks just as good with or without your 3D glasses. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right. If you use a, re a web browser like Google Chrome or uh, Safari on Apple devices, then you know that you have your Google account and you have your iCloud account. And if you use the browser, you can synchronize your login information, your passwords, your bookmarks, and things like that uh, between devices. So if you have, a, let's say, a MacBook and you have it logged into the same iCloud account as your, as your iPhone and you have anything in your keychain or you create bookmarks in Safari, you can find those on both devices. Pretty neat. But you do have to have an account. There is a company out there called DuckDuckGo, and they are really about privacy. They're privacy first, and they, you know, they make no apologies about it. They don't require you to have an account. They don't track you, according to them. They have, they're very much about you should be able to do the things and not have to be mined. Uh, when I say mind, I mean like have your uh, search histories and the websites that you visit uh, tracked and sold to advertisers or or things like that. So DuckDuckGo doesn't doesn't do those things. But one of the things that they don't do is have this ability to synchronize between different devices. So if you're using DuckDuckGo at, let's say, a PC at work, or you're using DuckDuckGo at home on a, on a laptop, well, it stores your passwords and your bookmarks and those things locally. Well, that was until... Uh, when, uh, Thursday or Friday, I believe. I'm not sure. What day was it that they... Uh, uh, yeah, Tuesday, I think, of last week. The 14th, which was Valentine's Day. I don't know. Was that a Tuesday or a Wednesday? But Wednesday. anyway, thank you very much. DuckDuckGo now allows you to synchronize the your passwords and bookmarks, and they do it in a very interesting way, which I'll tell you in just a second. They allow you to synchronize these with other devices without having to have an account. Or without having to put your uh, sensitive information, possibly, up on the cloud. So you would say, how are they doing that? And this is kind of the power of QR codes or text links. The amount of information that can be embedded into a QR code or things like that is absolutely amazing. 
So what you do is you go into your DuckDuckGo sync passwords and bookmarks uh, preferences, and then you can create a QR code that you then scan on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever device you're using, and they will then have the local copy of those settings at your fingertips. So that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty uh, impressive, and I will... I will do some testing. I, I don't use a lot of DuckDuckGo. I primarily use Brave for my cryptocurrency. And, uh, you know, some websites work better on Chrome because I'm using an old version of Safari. So, I, I, you know, I use a couple different ones. I don't have one as my main standard. Uh, in fact, right now on my MacBook, as I do the show, I have both Firefox open. I have uh, Mail I have messages, and I have Safari open. So that's uh, those are the tools I use when I'm I'm uh, doing that. We were talking about iOS and Android apps, and one of the things I'm always curious about is what's what's hot right now. You know, what should I be looking at? Uh, this goes back to a conversation that we had yesterday about uh, the Trojan, the Gold Digger uh, Trojan. Is that what it was called? Gold something. Gold Pick whatever, uh, about Trojans and how they hide them in apps or games and how you want to, you know, protect yourself. One way is to kind of go and check out to see what some of the hottest apps are or games are. Right now, the hottest apps on Android are Duolingo. And Duolingo, from my understanding, is uh, a way to learn a language. I would love to learn Spanish. I would like to get better at my Japanese. And, uh, especially in Southern California, uh, knowing language, knowing Spanish would be really beneficial, I think, in some cases, even if it's just to understand what people are saying, even if you don't respond to them per se. So uh, that would be beneficial. So Duolingo is a, is a hot app right now on Android. And the second hottest app is a, is a thing called Pocket or Pocket Cast. And again, Depending on the browser that you use, uh, I know that in Safari and some of these other things, you can create something called a reading list. But what makes Pocket interesting is that when you create a reading list, you can use it and read it offline. So it almost like it takes a snapshot of the of that web page or that article for you so that you can then uh, check that out when you don't have service. You don't have any cell service or maybe you're on a a train, a plane, or an automobile, and the, the signal's not there. As we talked about yesterday, you know, there's parts of Northern California where they're going to try to take out the phone lines, and there's no cell service out there. So, you know, uh, it's nice to be able to read something if you're in an area where you don't have any service. Some of the hottest iOS apps right now are mostly games. Dice Dreams and Township, those are some games that uh, are hot right now. Shadow Rocket is the highest paid app right now. And the, the highest free app, which doesn't surprise me after the Super Bowl and the amount of impressions I see on Twitter slash X, is uh, Timu or Temu, depending on who you talk to. And of course, chat, chat GPT is number four in the free section. Stay tuned.
Online Tonight is live and on the air at 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online Tonight. Okay. Explain. I can't. I don't don't know how he's doing it. You're not going to do anything about that? What what am I going to do, huh? Broadcast her over the internet? All right, I'm Max. The name of the show is online tonight. It's 24 minutes or so before the hour. Greatly appreciate you including us in your week. I'm Jennifer. Oh, Let's- hold on. Let's do this different. I uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Lisa Frankenstein, but uh, I want to give you the toll-free telephone number first. 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. This portion of the show is brought to you by... This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers. So you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? All right, now here is our review of Lisa Frankenstein in theaters now. I'm Jennifer. Let's take a look at Lisa Frankenstein, rated PG-13, also available in theaters. Lisa is an average teenage girl who's recovering from the trauma of her mother's axe murder. Living with her new dad, not her new dad, her her own dad, but her new stepmother and stepsister. The sister, Taffy, is a popular cheerleader, and Lisa prefers to hang out in a cemetery. Bad things happen to her, and the stepmother, who is a psych nurse, thinks that she is acting out. And a series of events leads to the corpse of the bachelor whose grave she frequents coming to life and finding Lisa. And they develop a relationship, and Lisa helps him find some new body parts. That's right. I am Max, and Lisa... Frankenstein is the directorial debut of Zelda Williams, and it was written by Diablo Cody. Uh, Catherine Newton, who we've interviewed a gazillion times, you can find that on uh, either the Fun Stuff page or Jen's YouTube channel. She stars as Lisa, the uh, at first very kind of nerdy, quiet, and then uh, almost becomes goth and dresses like Madonna. This is set in the late 80s. Cole Sprouse has, and this is not true, he plays the creature. Uh, it says in the in the uh, description that he doesn't speak, but this is not like Wally. I mean, this this is there's some definite he, there's ways that he communicates. He communicates, gu- but not really through speech. Oh well, but there's a giant speech mm-hmm. anyway. And I don't, and I Carla, don't see how that happens. And either. Carla got a new tongue. And then he went, but how did he go into the tanning bed? That's, you know, they must have found another one. Mm. Uh, Carla Gorgino. Gugino. Gugino plays the stepmom, Janet. And uh, we have, of course, early tapes of Catherine Newton, Cole Sprouse from Sweet Life, Sweet Life on Deck, etc. And Carla Gugino on the Fun Stuff page, so check that out. I'm Victoria, and um, did anybody else catch the homage to, or the the little uh, reference to Rocky Horror? Oh, of course. Okay. 
I've never seen it. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell me what it is? She said, damn it, Janet. That's a line That's from great. Rocky Horror. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, Janet was nasty. Carla was really good in that role, I think. She was, she was very good at being kind of a psychotic uh, psych nurse in the, the crisp white uniform and the little nurse's hat because this was set in the 80s when people still wore stuff like that. Um, I was excited about this, especially since it was set in the 80s. I was a little disappointed in the soundtrack. There were a couple of good songs, and then I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. They could have, maybe they didn't have the budget for, um, for all those, getting the rights to all those songs. Well, they only songs. spent $13 million on the movie. That's true. Yeah. So the, the song budget probably would have set them back a lot. Um, I really like Catherine Newton, and I like seeing her get more of these roles. Um, you don't think this was beneath her at all? It was, it looked like it was fun and quirky and the kind of role that she could just have fun with. Yeah. Plus the fact of working with um, Zelda and working with Cody, you know, just kind of all Who's these. Cody? She she uh, did Juno. Oh, and, oh I thought you meant Cole and you missed. No, no, I, mean I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. All right, Miss Jennifer, can't be enough for you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I liked that it was it was uh, it it was aware of itself. It wasn't that it was campy by accident. It was campy on purpose because it was meant. It's it's the eighties, and so it is an homage to the eighties sort of little weird romance movies and all the like the dramatic flair of the the characters at that at that time just even like the way that she walks you know and like the the way she throws her clothes back behind her as she stalks out of the high school and things like that that I found were fun little quirks and I like the costume design I didn't know anything about it really going into it so I didn't know um, that Cole's character, the creature, doesn't really speak. And so I thought that that was fun because I remember doing a lot of that in acting class, the acting without speaking. And so he did very well with that. And overall, I thought it was pretty silly. I would describe it as silly. Uh, and so if you're in the mood for a silly movie, then it'll fit the bill. I think that's what surprised me the most. I had no pre- preconceived notion of what I was going to get. I thought it was going to be a, a, a fairly tame horror movie. Uh, but it just got campier and campier. And I at one, I kind of started to kind of hit my limit in a way. And then I said, you know what? That's, that's what this is going to be. And then I just kind of embraced it. And then I had a fun ride the rest of the time. And, uh, you know, the hesitation, uh, it, good thing that she's a seamstress and works at Wayne's part-time as, as a seamstress because otherwise uh, Mr. Sprouse wouldn't have had extra body parts. And I, I, I was puzzled by the ear thing. I'm like, how is that going to help him necessarily? I don't, I don't get that because yeah, I don't think that that's really how you hear. But, you know, for me. It's magic. Once, Movie oh, magic. Magic. Um, this, yeah, so when I started to look at little things, I, you know, I started questioning, like, well, how does that work? And how, you know, like, you know, suspend your disbelief. It's just a silly movie. Um, you know, I'm curious, like, what time period did he come from? Because suddenly he knows how to drive a car. And 
things like that, you know, and he, he doesn't seem, you don't He's get- He's smart and educated. It's yeah. not complicated. You, you don't get as much of the fish out of water thing that you might think you would get with a zombie from a different time period. And I got flashes of like an Edward Scissorhands, but he exactly. was a lot smarter than, you know, and more communicative and able to pick up on things much more quickly than Edward Scissorhands. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And give it, what do you rate it? I'm going to give it a four and a half. Jen. I also give it a four and a half. All right. Uh, I definitely got the Edward Scissorhand kind of uh, homage. I think Catherine maybe watched a lot of that and some of the mannerisms I thought came from that movie. So that was a lot of fun. I gave it a four and a half. And I feel like she reminded me a lot of Lydia from Beetlejuice, even though I haven't seen that in a while. But similar vibes and similar outfits. All right. I uh, got a quick text message from Rita in Tampa. That's not it. Uh, Rita in Tampa says, what is the fun stuff page? Oh, so uh, the the movie reviews come from one of our other shows called The Smart Movie Show. Head over to smartmovieshow.com. And right up the top, there will be a, a little button called fun stuff page. And Miss Jennifer has interviewed uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of celebrities since she started doing red carpets at the age of eight. And we tried to put together some of the interviews that she's had in the past, everybody from Danny Elfman to uh, Miley and, and Selena before they uh, even their shows aired and be- before they became the international celebrities that they are. So you can head over there and check that out. And don't forget, you can always go to our website, onlinetonight.com, and we might even have a little surprise for you uh, within the next week or so. Uh, some of our listeners that listened to us back in the the late 90s, the mid-2000s, uh, remember our underwear and our hats and our mugs, and they might be making an appearance coming soon in the next uh, week or two. So you'll want to head over to OnlineTonight.com to check that out and, and get your clothing slash coffee accessory set. That would be great. And don't forget the uh, show notes are there and the podcast is there for each and every hour. You can listen to it right there on the website or you can uh, subscribe into your favorite podcast app online tonight. Stay tuned. On the topic of mental health this week, your brain can benefit from taking a break and doing basically nothing for two full minutes. The URL is olttv.com slash two minutes, and that's the number two, olttv.com slash two minutes, because the URL is incredibly long. I wish some companies would make things smaller and easier. It's over 65 characters long, and there's no way I'm going to read that to you. Uh, so I made you a shortcut. This site is a virtual calm room, uh, which has video clips that you can choose from to give your eyes, your ears, and your brain a break. And it's, uh, it's that simple. That's olttv.com slash two minutes. That's this hour's bookmark. This brought to you by Anchor. 
You probably know Anchor for their dongles. Well, that's what I call them. They, uh, they like to call them hubs. The Anchor 655 USB-C hub is an 8-in-1. It includes an SD and micro card slot. That's two. Uh, two USB 10-gig ports. That's four. Audio, Ethernet, and HDMI. That's seven. And then, of course, there is a power-through uh, port on there. And it comes all in this nice little slim device. It's available in two colors. You can get more information by going to uh, OLTTV.com slash anchor. That's OLTTV.com slash A-N-K-E-R. Where the quality of our answers just might surprise you. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right, it's a big week in tech, uh, in computer history especially. Uh, and so I wanted to share with you some of the, uh, the week in tech history. In 1924, uh, IBM was born when Computing Tabulating Record Company, or CTRC, was renamed International Business Machines, or IBM. In 1946, ENIAC, which was the first electronic computer, was unveiled at the University of Pennsylvania. In 1978, the first computer bulletin board system went online. Uh, when I was younger, in the, in the early 80s, I used to spend a lot of time on the BBSs. They were kind of like the early versions of forums, and uh, you could even occasionally get downloads there. It was kind of neat. 1984. The IBM Portable PC was introduced. That way you wouldn't have to have this big thing on your desk. You could take it with you, even though it weighed like 25 pounds. And in 2005, your favorite video clip site, YouTube, was launched. And so that's a lot of fun. I wanted to see if Miss Victoria had a minute just to reminisce a little bit about the past. Yes. All right. What was the first computer you ever touched and what is the first computer you ever owned? Well, I don't know what the first computer was that I ever touched because I could have touched one in like a museum or Smithsonian. Like did your dad like have a My dad had a TRS eighty mm. from Radio Shack. And I was I think I was taking a basic programming class at the time and it, it was like a night school class when I was in high school and so I I used the TRS-80 to do my basic homework. Okay, and then you went to college and you went on to a uh, Dexstar. A Dexstar which was a, a digital digital alpha and then you finally bought one. What did you get? And overpaid for it obviously. Oh yes. It was a, it was a PC and uh, it was a DOS PC. Mm-hmm. 8086 or 8088? You don't even know. I think 86. Okay. And it cost an arm and a leg and I financed it. So I paid even more. <laughs> it was one of those ones where you would go to like a little hole in the wall shop and they would build it for you. Mm-hmm. But you didn't really get to, if you didn't know, you didn't know to, to tell them, you know, I want this, that or the other. They would just build you their standard model. And sell it to you for like $3,000. Okay. All right. Mine is very simple. I had uh, my first computer that I ever touched was my cousin Sinclair, Timex Sinclair. And we had to load the games with a cassette tape. And they didn't always load successfully. Uh, 
And the, then they graduated, my cousins primarily graduated to Apple IIe's. Uh, but when I spent my own money, I got an Apple IIc, which is like the little baby version of an Apple IIe with no cards or slots, or it was very hard to upgrade. And it had that green, you know, monitor where all the text and all the little dots and everything were green. As, uh, so that was the green first... Green on black. Uh, sure, if you want to call it black. I mean, it was more of a weird gray the way the CRT worked, but... Yeah, but it wasn't amber, right? No, no, no. It wasn't like the compacts or the... Like, I think the first orangey one that I saw was orange on on black or amber on on black. And then I very quickly went from the Apple IIc. I only had that for a couple of years. And then I got a, a Macintosh SE. And then I very quickly upgraded that to a Macintosh SE30. And then I've owned probably a thousand computers or computing devices since then, including uh, the Newton and the Palm Pilot and all kinds of things. I've owned I've owned everything from desktop machines to handhelds to big big server machines. Even though I didn't have a business, I had a bunch of servers in the in the house at one time and raids and all kinds of crazy stuff. Hey, uh, going way back, when I was working on that Dexstar in college, I didn't have my own computer. We didn't have laptops or desktop computers in college um, at the time. But I had a really cool typewriter. Um, Did it have that ball that spun around? It had something like, it was not an IBM Selectric. It was an Olivetti. And it was um, where you could, like, backspace and it would, you know, completely erase what you had typed. Okay. Well, thank so you. So there was no whiteout or... There's something anything. else historical I wanted to share really fast if we, if we have a minute. And that is back in 1956, a, a comic book company was basically closed down because people found them to be offensive or... Uh, you know, were maybe too progressive. They were mostly a, a horror comic book company. They were called EC Comics, and you would you would mostly know them for, of, of course, Tales from the Crypt, Cruel Universe, and Shock Suspense stories. Well, after seventy plus years, EC Comics is returning, and they are making a deal with Oni Press. So, if you're a comic book fan, the first one comes out in July. And then the uh, sci-fi version of Cruel Universe is going to come out in August. So if you're a fan of comic books, keep an eye out for those. It's online tonight. Stay tuned. Online Tonight is produced and copyrighted by Smart Family Media. All rights reserved. Host Maxwell Smart. Producer and other hats worn by Victoria Smart. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the station, its management, affiliates, or other advertisers.